0: Welcome to Tactical Recon, the place where we find kingdom-building strategies through scholarship, leadership, and action. And here's your host. I'm Elder Paul Coviello, sitting beside me is my pastor, the Rev. Dr. Paul Michael Raymond.
1: When you and I spoke, we saw how every aspect of civilization, every aspect of the culture, not only in America, but universally, globally, the economic chaos, medical chaos, personal security chaos, legal chaos, educational chaos, and the list, as we let forth last time, goes on and on and on. So you have to, anyone who is thinking this through has to realize something is very wrong and something is happening. And when the legitimacy of the leadership of a nation becomes questionable in the minds of the people, the nation is on the verge of a collapse, or at least on the verge of failure. And I think you, we have to make a distinction between failure and collapse. First is failure, which we are on the precipice of, and then after that, if there's not a remedy, if it's not remedied, then there has to be collapse. So that's what's happening at, at, this, at this moment. America right now under this leadership has become unstable domestically and internationally in its geopolitical relationship its sovereignty now is being questioned. And uh, the, the the lies that are being perpetuated on the people, the overreach from the bureaucrats, all of these things are an incredible storm, a, a perfect storm coming upon the American people and the nation itself. So that, that is what is happening. I, I guess what, what we want to discuss today is why is it happening perhaps even what to expect if we come to uh, to look forward uh, look be future thinkers what should we expect if things continue in the vein that they're continuing now because realize that in 2 years this has happened now of course it was happening all along but the 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 real crash came over the next over the past rather 2 years so what's is in store for us in the next two years going forward. I, I can't even imagine. I don't even want to imagine. So, what could we expect? And then, what are we to do about it? Is there something we can do about it? So, those are the questions I think we we have to we have to ask, because the the, uh, the American Democratic Republic has been hijacked by a a bloated bureaucracy, a bloated bureaucratic system by these unelected regulators that are regulating us to death, taking away our freedom, and destroying the nation.
0: Agreed. In fact, you asked what is perhaps the most provocative question for people inside the Christian Church. Why is this happening? And I think it's important to understand up front that God is the determinant. He is the cause the nation rebelled against God, God responded immediately. He's not sitting in the ether crying and waiting for us to call out to him in desperation. He sees an impudent, rebellious, and hard-hearted people, as was the case with Israel, and he has responded. And the response is a hardening of the hearts of the people so that they have turned in a in in a path and on a course of deliberate self destruction, and as you pointed out, Pastor, it is obvious there's no longer any pretense of service amongst the bureaucracies and the institutions of government. There is no longer any cloak of of morality or self righteousness. I'll say amongst the people in our culture, in in the arts, in entertainment, in the in in education, in sports, and on and on and on and on. It's gone. There's no longer any veneer or any semblance of morality. But everybody now is almost contemptuous when they're questioned about their deviance, their perversion, and the filth that they've put forth in front of us. And the important thing to remember, it is God who hardens the hearts and blinds the eyes of those who believe not. He is the God of this world and the only cause.
1: Yes, and I think that's the reason why we're in a mess. The church has corrupted itself by not being able to, nor willing, to preach the true gospel. Talking with an individual today, and uh, this individual just coming to the Reformed faith and very excited about it, was was saying that, you know, whenever the— free will churches talk about election. They think that's cultic. Um, But they don't know their history. They're a modern church, a a post-Christianized church, and they have nothing to offer the culture. And if they have nothing to offer the culture in way of following God's precepts or being intimately conspicuous in the culture and active in the culture, then the culture will take its own turn and its its own direction. Instead of the church directing the culture, the culture directs itself by the wicked people that the wicked people put in office. So the church is at fault entirely. And I think we all could agree with that, the church is at fault because they're either afraid or they're incompetent or they have another the- theological bent that they don't believe they should be involved. And that is the reason. That is the reason. Now, if that's the reason why things are the way they are, then we have an idea on how to remedy the problem and navigate
0: the problem biblically. And in fact, you've said from the pulpit pastor many times, the condition of the culture is a report card of the church. And it's important that the church understand and accept the responsibility that we bear for what we see out in front of us. Yes and I think we're back to the I think we're back
1: to the same situation they had in the reformation. They wanted to reform the church and they never did. They never really reformed the church. The church was never reformed. The church of Rome was never reformed. It had to be rejected. And I think that's what we need to do today. And that might sound unloving, but we're beyond unloving. <laughs> we're, we're beyond all of that. We need to begin true militant and triumphant victorious conquering churches. And the only way to do that is to get out from the apostate church. If they're not willing to reform, if they're not willing to change, if they're not willing to do what God has called them to do, we need to leave the church. The problem is, and I think we've said this before, there's a dearth of leadership desire. There's no everyone, everyone has an excuse about, well, I'm not so sure I can preach the gospel. I'm not so sure I can start a church. I'm not so sure. Well, what is the church but a group of, of people that are calling upon the Lord for direction and are willing to put themselves out into the culture in order to declare the truth of God's Word? Because it's coming down the pike, I'll tell you right now, where the, the public declaration of the Word of God will be labeled hate speech, and we will then be criminalized because of our public voices. Now, of course, they'll still allow us uh, to be talking in the church as we're quietly worshiping on Sunday, but to go outside of that, that building, that will not be allowed So we still have an open window to start making some noise, and and I'm afraid, and I'm afraid people just want to go to church, worship, go home, and have their their you know their lunch, their Sunday brunch,
0: but but that's not going to cut it, and that's what got us in this problem in the first place. And the reason why the proclamation of the gospel publicly may be criminalized, it is a further manifestation of the judgment of God against the church for having failed in the commission that Christ first gave to the apostles, the responsibility that the church bears uh, in light of the stewardship and the trust that has been placed upon her. She's called upon to do a work that God gave to the church to do and that only the church can do. And if the church is going to abdicate that responsibility and fail to fulfill it, then God will cut it off. And that will, that will mean terrible, terrible consequences will befall this nation. Now, It's important to understand, Pastor, that this doesn't mean the end of the world is at hand and that there is a strategy and tactics that flow from that strategy that we need to implement as we go forward because this collapse that we see in front of us doesn't mean God is about to usher in eternal judgment and bring an end to this present world. Yeah. And that that is true. Yeah, we're we,
1: we are the ones who have to make the changes. We have to go forth as the body of Christ, Christ being the head of the body, going out and changing the world. We can't wait for a rapture, which is not coming. We have to change the world. So what, what era are we in? If we go back to the Egyptian period of the Israelite bondage, we, we see that it was only until they had to make bricks without straw that they finally woke up. We are, we are coming very quickly to that period. We're going to be forced. Look at what's happening. Now, whether or not this is conspiracy thinking or, or, or not, but look at all of the catastrophes against the food supply. You keep a people hungry, and you will control them. We talked about that last time. How do you control a population? You make them fearful, fearful of food, fearful of shelter, fearful of this, fearful of that. We're fearful of the justice system. The justice system is broken. Uh, There is no justice. And that's another thing I'd like to talk about in the future. The church needs to step up to bring justice to the local communities. That's what they did in Geneva during Calvin's Day. They were the judiciary. The pastors began that judicial process of right judging, and then they sent their recommendations to the city council for for the uh, for the sentencing, so so we can't trust anything anymore here in the United States because it's broken, it's deceitful, it's it's dangerous. So we are at the the turning point, a transitional point, where. We're going to be forced to make bricks without straw. And, and what's going to happen is the government is going to step in and the government is going to say, well, we can help you. Now, the, 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 uh, the milk cows have been slaughtered, 18,000, I think, just recently. The eggs now have been poisoned because of the feed that the chickens were being. And this is all contrived. This is just not coincidental. I Believe me, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in providence. But as far as the government's concerned, when things go sideways, it's part of the judgment of God, but it's by use of the wicked to bring us to our knees. And I think that's where we need to be. I believe also that the Christian people need to prepare. And I am afraid and very, very concerned that 90% of the Christian people are are very ill-prepared. Like in the days of Joseph in Egypt, They are clueless. It wasn't until Joseph said, listen, we are going to have a famine. We're going to have a drought. We need to prepare for the seven years. And he began preparing. If it wasn't for his leadership, no one would have have prepared. So I think we need to think about what is it that we need in order to navigate what's coming so that we are not forced into such uh, abject slavery. As what's being pushed upon us, and that's what's being pushed upon us. You know, it's interesting that the bureaucratic system, coupled with the legislative, um, legislating by executive fiat of of the Americans uh, to uh, to strip them of their voice and their power to choose, that is that structure is a form of of despotism under the cloak of democracy. Whenever you hear the, you know, whenever you hear the government officials saying we're trying to save democracy. They're not. That is a lie, and they know it. And you have to remember whatever they say, it's the opposite. At this point, it's the opposite. They're not saving democracy. They are destroying democracy, and they are bringing us into slavery. Just think about just this last last incredible decision where now all of the combustion motors are— Are now going to be two thirds of the cars have to be electric, but there's no infrastructure. There's so now I'm forced, I'm forced to purchase something that I don't want to purchase. Number one, number two, I can't afford it, and number three, there's really no infrastructure anyway. But I'm being forced by a bureaucratic system. That's slavery. When they tell you you will do this or else, that is slavery, and that's where we are. And the church is asleep. And the church is asleep, and they're lulling their congregation into a false sense of security by telling them, wow, this looks like Jesus might be right, right here at the door. Well, they're going to wake up one morning, and Jesus is not going to be at the door, and they're going to have the boot of the government right bearing down on their necks.
0: Pastor, it is not conspiratorial to say these things, as you had inferred in a comment uh, several minutes ago. Samuel told the people of Israel, because they rejected God and wanted a king like the nations around them, that they would be enslaved. And we know from the testimony of Scripture that God judges nations, wicked nations, with famine, pestilence, disease, natural disasters, war. He sets people against themselves. In other words, everything that you just indicated... We can tie to case studies and examples in Scripture to show that what God says is true when he tells us he will do nothing except he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. He shows us in Scripture how he deals with nations, how he deals with kingdoms, people, communities, churches, individuals, families, and he has not changed. Those patterns are there in, in the Old Testament. So nothing that you said our listeners should understand is in any way conspiratorial. But we are evaluating what is in front of us in light of the case studies in Scripture, and they're telling us what God is doing. There is no rocket science to this. It is a matter of being biblically astute and a willingness on our part to evaluate what we see in Scripture very candidly without sugarcoating anything or trying to pretend that what we're seeing is something other than what is depicted in scripture well what we
1: actually do have is a conspiracy uh, according to psalm 2 the kings of the earth gather themselves together right. in a conspiracy right. against the lord and against his christ and the only the only way they can gather themselves together again against the christ is to gather themselves together against the church and, and that's basically what they're doing so one, one of the other telltale signs of a failed state is typified by deteriorating morals and that is what we have in spades a deteriorating moral society and 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 this is the 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 turning upside down of what is good and right and logical and that is what we have in such an, an incredibly high rate of of um it's it's just like a steamroller coming against us the immorality uh, you turn around and something else wild and crazy is is just coming down and looked at as well that's our that's our right that's we should be accepting that and, and yet that's not what should be accepted
0: it's not and, and just
1: accepting a passer but they have the violent temperament of the sodomites that is true that is true and 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 that's another thing when when a nation when when a government cannot quell violence, that's another sign of its failure and its ultimate collapse if they cannot reestablish the, uh, the rule of law and understand that uh, criminals are criminals according to scripture, according to what is right and wrong. And once, once we lose the rule of law, once we lose morality, we lose the nation. And that, I believe, is where we are headed. Whether or not we're there, I believe we're headed there. We are already in a failed in a failed state. We are failing. It, one, look, once we lose once we lose the sovereignty of the American dollar, we'll be like Venezuela. And that's what's coming. And and I'm afraid too many Christians have their head in the sand. They don't understand what is happening. They're still on their cell phones and on their on their TikTok or their Facebook and trying to just Forget that these things are real. Instead of wasting time, start planning for, for when you're going to need either extra cash, work a few more hours, uh, start a, a, a business on the side real quick and try to make some money, uh, have a food pantry, whatever it is. Without the community, we've said this before in, in prior podcasts, without a community— there really is no security. You've got to. Com- you have to have a community. The church is the best community you can have, like-minded Christians rallying together to to make sure that we are protected when the fallout comes, so that we can navigate our way through it without being entirely enslaved or controlled. And I, and I think once you're free, then you have the uh, the ability to preach the gospel, to to challenge the magistrates, the local magistrates. But if you're working 75 hours and just making ends meet, you don't have any time for that. And that's what they want. That's what they want. That's why they're taxing you high. That's why the taxes are high. That's why the food is high. So you have to work extra hours. You can't get involved in, civil, in the civil realm so that you're silenced just
0: because you're so busy. Yeah, in fact, the excessive and confiscatory taxation is our version of making brick without straw. Um, there is something reassuring, not only about knowing the mind of God in Scripture so that we can apply it to see the providence of God today, but also the means to prepare for the very purpose you just spoke about. Because we don't protect ourselves, our family, our churches, and our community merely so that we can be insulated and, and secure. Well, yeah, one of the things that is very important as far as security is
1: concerned is private property. And people sometimes don't make the connection. But when that was announced, that there's going to be, what was it, 187,000 new IRS agents, whatever the number was? Uh, 87,000. 87,000. That should have been a wake-up call for everyone. Because what that is saying is your property now can belong to us. Because once, you know, once, once the IRS comes upon you and says you owe X amount of dollars or what have you, and they can make up numbers as they go, or they find some crime uh, that it's not there. I mean, they do that all the time. They make up crimes. What is it? Show me the man. Uh, I'll show you the crime. The. Uh, the justice system, they could indict, what does it say, the grand jury can indict a ham sandwich if they want. And that's what's happening. So once that, those 87,000 IRS agents that was announced, we should have been fearful of our properties. And, and one, of, one of the things that, that we, we could do if we own our properties, we can put it in a trust. They can't t- touch the trust. But, but these things are being threatened right under our nose. And where is, where is the outcry? Where's the outcry? Well, I, don't, I don't see, I don't hear it, I don't see it, I don't read about it other than here and there. So, so these are the things that we need to think about. This is very serious business. We have to remember life is a serious thing and we can't just go through life nonchalantly. We have to maintain. Freedom is something that we have to work toward and that is only through following the Word of God and applying the Word of God, not only personally, but but socially, culturally, uh, judicially, governmentally, a- every way, shape and form, and the only ones that ha- should have that knowledge and that uh that uh, ability to dictate, this is right, this is wrong, and then hold people into a- onto account is is the Church of Jesus Christ. No one else is going to do it.
0: No, and in fact, the church needs to stop hiding behind the props. That they put in place, a la Donald Trump, a la other means and methods. In other words, we have to stop hiding behind the golden calf, step out and face the glare and the and the uh, the gaze of a thrice holy God, and accept the responsibility that we bear. Repent of it, and then move forward, trusting in God and not looking to expedient. Uh, uh, solutions or options and answers that we think are going to solve our problems, so that we can go back to doing what we want to do. In other words, we got to we, we got to chop up the golden calf, and we got to start doing what we were supposed to be doing all along. Yeah, we do want
1: strong leadership in the political realm Absolutely. and in the office, but but the politics doesn't save us, and that's and that's I think a problem that some of, some of us some of us have. But you think about what the church looks like today; it's an entertainment factory. It's really it's really what it become. Instead of going to the movies on Sunday, you go to church and you get you get stroked with a good sermon that uh, a sermon that says you're a good person. That's what I mean by a good sermon. Uh, They they tell you that Jesus loves you no matter what. And there's that there's that they they give you that euphoria and then you go home feeling good about yourself instead of realizing that we have a job to do. Okay, it's it's not it's not a place to it's not a therapeutic. Gathering the church is not a therapeutic gathering. It's not therapy. It's it's a call to arms, not physical arms per se, but theological, theoretical, doctrinal uh, arms to to dictate what is right, what is wrong. Now, does it ever come to physical physical altercations? Well, it might. It it surely might in our day. I mean, you, you have a people pushed up against the wall as this, this government is pushing people up against the wall, and, and you don't know what people are going to do. You have no idea. People are finally at their wit's end, and, and, and I'm, I'm afraid that we're, we're
0: just in for a real tough time. It appears to be the case, and I believe the first step is to accept and understand that this is the place where we find ourselves and start to address it biblically. And you're right, the first option is not violence. And in fact, we'd be playing into the hands of the malevolent politicians and disparate forces who want to see anarchy so they can finish tearing down what remains of this country to implement what is only further destructive to us and further uh, enriching to them and to their confederates. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the scripture says
1: that the, the, the darkness cannot bear the light. Okay, we're supposed to shine the light. Uh, that's when the darkness flees. So one possible solution is to keep our officials, whether it's local officials or state or federal officials, accountable. They, they have to be brought to account on their arbitrary exercise of power. We, we, the church needs to be that, that, that structure of accountability, and we need to make our voices heard. that's what the the left does. They're talking all the time, they're protesting all the time. they're saying this that and the other and everything. but we have a better we have we have smarter people they're they're better uh, in in their ability to articulate matters. they want to debate, they want to speak, they want to appeal and I think we need to start start grooming people to, to hold these people into account. And, and that means that, that the church must have um, a working knowledge of government and law and God's law and the Constitution. And I find that too many too many Christians, and this is not a criticism per se, but they have, uh, in other words, what's the old saying? They're so heavenly minded, they know what's good. <laughs> and that's the problem they're so far into their theology they forgot that that theology has to become uh, applicable it has to really m- be energized and used in the world to make changes theology in 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 the mind does nothing a belief in theology and belief in god does nothing unless it is accentuated in, in the real world and brought out into the real world. And, and I, I find that too many people have this this dualistic mindset. I'm a Christian. I'm a good person. My family's in order. Uh, but that's as far as it goes. I'm
0: not going to go outside of my comfort zone. And and I think that's what brought us to this point. Yeah, it can't stop there. And we've seen the opposite too, Pastor. We had a recent candidate uh, interested in holding a seat in the state legislature who clearly has ambitions for higher office. And so he is not stepping forward out of a burden and a a desire to serve Godward and for the welfare of the people in in his community or in the district, but for his own personal ends. And when people in the church are driven by covetousness, what, what can we expect from people who are outside the church? Not only are we legitimizing that behavior, but we are giving them opportunity to blaspheme our God because they see in, in people who claim to be Christian the very conduct that is typical of people outside the church. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we've always,
1: as far as you and I are concerned and many in our, our circles, we're concerned with tactics, concreteness. So, so what, okay, so what are some of the things we should be thinking about or at least doing. I, you know, when we talk about think tanks, uh, sometimes that's the problem. That's all they do is think, and they, right. they never do anything. Right. You know, I'd like to have a do tank and some uh, an action committee. Uh, so I, I think I think one, one thing that we should think about and then see how we can really launch it is setting up a, an anti-corruption group where we would then expose. I think, you know, once, once there's that exposure and people are, are, are then privy to what's going on, you know, you're pulling back the curtain of the, uh, you know, of the Wizard of Oz and seeing it's just some um, idiot behind the curtain uh, with, a, with a bunch of noise. A- and I think that's what Jesus was saying. We have to bring the light into the darkness to dispel the darkness. So that, that's something that, that anyone can start mean anyone, any, three people, two people, five people—you get them together. They start writing. They start uh, publishing things, whether it's internet or tracks or newspapers. We need some. We need some newspapers that are really, tr- truly bringing out what's happening instead of the the cabal that we have today. So, so this is what we need to do. We need to think about this thing concretely. What can we do? Let's expose the wickedness. And I think that is part of the problem that the government is facing now with this young man that was just arrested for uh, putting on the Internet all of these secret documents. Because what we found out is that we have been lied to by our government, which is no surprise, but we've been lied to. And I think that's why he's he's in so much trouble, because the government has egg on their face. But I think we need to start exposing a lot of things. And it could be dangerous, and people don't want to be bothered. Well, then either, either, either you're going to do something about it, or you're going to be a slave because you have done nothing
0: about it. Yeah, and once it's exposed, as you'd said, we need to be grooming people, and we need to have people active, not just in politics, business leaders, artisans, craftsmen, educators, people in the arts, people who are bankers, people who are uh, attuned to economic affairs, people who understand the law, people who can get into the hard sciences, people who are historians, um, um, and on and on and on, so that not only are we exposing these people, because you're right, when people are exposed to the light, their deeds are uncovered. But now, when we have people who can step in the breach and fill that those those voids, now we start to make
1: change. Yes. Yeah, the goal is to make corruption and self-dealing harder to hide by forcing an open review. And and then they won't be able to do what they're doing. So let's hope, let's hope people take some advice. I mean, I take my own advice. I'd like to do that myself. We have been working on something of that nature, but I think it's time to expand our horizons.
0: We need to. There's no question. And we have to start, as you had uh, said earlier, with an understanding that the Christian religion is a comprehensive religion. Not directly, you inferred it. So we have to think past the family, and I'm sorry, Pastor, I forget how you actually articulated it, but recognize and understand that the law of God applies to every endeavor of man. There's nothing in the creation that is exempted from the, the law, word, and the final authority of our God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the only organizing principle of righteousness. Period, the end. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that it was edifying. Until next time, may our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you. The Tactical Recon Podcast was brought to you by New Geneva Christian Leadership Academy and the Institute for Theonomic Reformation. To learn more, please visit our website at www.tacticalrecon.org.